you know, we got to be patient and we got to give this staff time to. How many more decades, Megan? Longhorn Nation, we're back! Welcome back to another episode of Fire the Cannon, part of the 1012 Network of Podcasts. I'm Rocky. I'm Megan, and we are Fire the Cannon. All right, y'all, let's just, nah, we we got a lot to talk about. We've had a rough, rough weekend, but uh, we're going to recap the disaster that was the KU game, uh, talk a little bit about what happened, what went wrong, what went right, uh, and what Texas needs to look forward to. We're also going to take a look at West Virginia, Texas traveling up to Morgantown. What are the keys to the game there? And then, of course, we got a little bit of college football and NFL talk right at the end. So thanks for listening, as always, y'all. Let's just jump right in, Rocky. Let's, let's rip that Band-Aid off. Kansas beats Texas at home for the first time in Austin ever. Tell me your feelings, girl. Let's get through some therapy. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It's infuriating. It's confusing. Um, and And on top of that, I mean, it was statistically one of just – Awful, like five losing games in a row, five losses in a row for the first time since 1956. Like everything about this game just piled on what is what is wrong? Like you can't even there's so it's like there's so many excuses or explanations, but no reason to explain how you lose at home to Kansas and give up over 50 points. I don't get it. I, I just I'm I don't get it. Yeah, it's crazy. Look, I I agree with that statement. There are explanations, certainly, um, but excuses, no. I mean, this was a this was a painful game for everyone. Um, it, it it was hard to watch on all levels. Now, look, I think the biggest problem. There's no single magic bullet. There's no single quick fix of what's wrong with Texas football, right? I think this is a compilation. You know, I actually talked about this a lot before the game. Uh, with some of the folks at the tailgate, this is a compilation of years of issues kind of compounding with Texas football. And I think this is a situation, God help me. I hope it's a situation where it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it's going to get better. I mean, we definitely saw breakdowns on offense, on defense. I mean, again, our defense, as you mentioned, given up over 40 or 50 points to Kansas I, there's just not, you can't explain that missed tackles. I mean, Texas once again showed why we are the missed tackle leader in the nation. Um, you know, I, I haven't added up the numbers, but our, our after contact numbers are staggering on our defense. You know, it's in, if we can't stop the run, we can't stop guys. Once they have the ball, we can't stop anybody. It's crazy. It's crazy. That, that was a huge thing that we certainly felt, um, you know, and then on the other side of it, the offense had some struggles getting getting going. We had some turnovers. Um, you know, Kansas certainly dominated time of possession with 35 minutes. I mean, it was just just a failure on every level. So, uh, well, shout out to special teams for doing the damn jobs. You know, Dicker, the kicker, comes in with a 53 yard punt. Um, you know, special teams was right in there with us, but definitely one that was hard to watch. Let's talk about the offense real quick. You know, Casey Thompson, Hudson card. We still 10 games in are still debating. 
who's our starting quarterback. Just eyeball test, Rocky. Who, who's your quarterback right now? Who's your QB one? If I have to pick one, I'm still picking Casey Thompson if he was healthy. Um, I don't know. Like they equally had a fumble for a turnover and threw an interception. I I think I, it's just, like you said, it's just a combination of everything. And if we are giving shout outs on the offense, uh, Marcus Washington, we called for him to break, have a breakout game. And had this not been a loss, it would, he would have gotten a lot more love for his five receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns, yeah. including the one in overtime, um, which kept us alive in overtime. Of course, Xavier Worthy, leading freshman in the nation, still putting up huge numbers. I just... I, I just feel like if how how in the world are we 10 games in 11 months into this entire coaching staff with the, these players and they still can't find the 11 who want to be on the field. That's my frustrating thing. Kansas shouldn't at one in eight Kansas whose only win was an FCS team. How are they coming into DKR on a Saturday night with a third string quarterback and a, and walk ons literally walk ons. And what did they do? Walk all over Texas. Where, where yeah. is, where is the pride? Where I, I this is my question. And, and this is just me being frustrated. And I'm going to get it out. Everyone keeps saying, like you just said, it can only, it's going to get better based on what yeah. we think worse and worse and worse every week, worse and worse and worse every year. So based on what tangible measurable things are we saying we're going to get better? Because well, it okay. can only get better. No, it's getting worse. Well, look, it, it, it can worse. get worse. That's for sure. But I, I think this program will get back on track. Look, I, I'm the positive ray of goddamn sunshine, right? So here's my attempted positivity on that. We're going to start with some negatives to get into it. I, I do think that we are struggling with a mental issue on our team right now. I've heard from a lot of different places that there are a lot of guys that just don't want to be here. And look, I'm not going to point fingers. I'm not going to get mad about it. From a human standpoint, I can understand being mentally fatigued, going through this many coaching changes and this many schemes, and then piling on top of it, you've got these losses that are going through. It's hard to have faith. I get that. But I think what we're really seeing here is kids that are taxed from going through all of these changes. And, you know, I look, I'm going to sound like the old lady with the walker and shaking my cane at, at kids on the lawn right now, but there is a different mentality with, with kids right now. It's more the, you know, the me first and the social media living their lives in the social media sort of thing. I don't think that the love of team is there yet. I don't think the true, you know, fighting for the, t- the name on the front of the jersey is there yet. I think there's been a lot of um, playing for the individual and not for the team. And I think those problems get compounded when some things don't go your way and you start losing some games and that just snowballs. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I know that there are, look, I'm not going to drop the names, but we've heard there are a lot of guys that want to transfer out. And, and my thoughts on it, let them. If you don't want to be at the University of Texas, no hard feelings. I I can understand why you wouldn't want to be here right now, given past performances, especially if you're one of the older players. But in that sense, move on, man. Hit the transfer portal. Find a place that you're happy. And let's get some dogs in here, right? I know that there's a lot of young guys on the team that are frustrated, but they want to be here. They've got that fire. I think... We need to find some of those young guys that are going to step up and be leaders. I think they're kind of worried about talking out right now, but that's got to change. 
somebody's got to step up and take ownership on a, on a player level for this team and light that fire. It can't be the coaches. It can't be Bo Davis speeches left and right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that mentality we've heard from former players uh, we've heard from people close to the program, there's just kind of a softness there right now. And I think fundamentally that is causing a ton of our problems, right? You can't coach through weak-minded shit. You either have it or you don't. So that's enough about that, right? Now, I do think, I do think that the coaches have a lot of adjustments to make. You know, Rocky, you and I had talked at the beginning of the season. When we first announced the hiring of Sarkeesian, it, it, it didn't seem like a splashy hire. I didn't know a ton about him. The more I learned about him, the, the more excited I got. Yeah. Has some of that excitement tampered down? Yeah, for sure. But that doesn't mean I don't think the staff is here. I do think we've got to clear these players out that don't want to be here and get the new guys in. Sark was talking about bringing in more than 33 players, you know, in the off season. He said we could very well see a turnover of 33 players. I'm all for that energy. I've been screaming the Mel Tucker thing for a couple of weeks now. Uh, bring the players in from the portal. I, I, I just, I don't see any other way around that. You've got to build it with his guys and his dogs and, and get going for people that buy in it on the program. And I just don't think we're there right now. Here's, here's where I'm going to disagree with you on some of that. Yes, I absolutely agree. We need people that want to be here. However, I just, I just don't see on what planet of the hundred guys suited up at Texas, you can't find 11 who want to beat Kansas. That's where I'm at. And if we're 11 months into this coaching staff and they haven't figured out which 11 want to beat Kansas, I, 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 I think it's more, there are a lot of, yes, we're in, the, we're in the age of social media and we're in the age of, of, you know, money, kids getting money and getting paid and all these distractions. But, you know, I can name other schools in our conference who are getting it done with lesser talent, lesser quote unquote lesser rated starred, whatever talent, because they've established a culture and I don't expect a culture to be brought in in, in a year, but I do expect a, this level of coaching staff to be able to find on their roster now, 11 people who want to beat Kansas at home on a Saturday night in front of the top recruits who were there this weekend. One of them laughing on video at Texas. And I don't blame you. It was, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And when we, that's where I'm at. I absolutely believe it. the coaches have to set the culture until the players are ready to step and be leaders. And then they take it on. And when you have a championship team, you have the player led team, right? They're setting the culture. They're holding their teammates accountable. We don't have that. We haven't had it for many years. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what week to week improvement we should see. We don't see it. We're worse today than we were 10 weeks ago. Yeah. There's regression for sure. I'm going to hope that they bring in, I don't even know, like there's just so many holes everywhere, top to bottom offense and defense that even if they brought in, like you said, at least 33 players, what Sark mentioned, then we're starting all over year one again next year of half the team is new to the system. So it's the same as switching coaches when you switch half the team. I get that argument. I do. I understand it, but I think there's a difference between bringing in, you know, the new recruits versus bringing in seasoned veterans. Like again, we've got the kid from, from Oregon that's in the transfer portal, the O-line guy at Wisconsin. There are some older players there that are ready and seasoned and have been in good schemes that I think are smart enough 
to adapt to, to Sark's offense, to, you know, our defense. Again, I'm going to, I know you guys are tired of me saying this, but I'm going to bring up the Mel Tucker example. He brought in over 20 players. That's a, that's a massive amount of players and went from winning two games in one season. And now he's nine and one ranked number seven. It's doable. And, and I think with the right staff in place, it is completely doable, but you've, they've got to find the guys that have the mentality that they're looking for. You know, it, and I agree. It's a tricky, tricky thing. We touched on it a little earlier. You brought it up again, culture. And I was harping on this before the game. Again, I, I was mentioning, I went on some rants before the game. This isn't just a problem with players. This isn't just a problem with football coaching staff. This isn't just a problem with athletics. To me, this is a deeper seated thing that's been going on for decades at Texas of the culture. That goes to fans, that goes to administration, it goes to big money donors. This mentality that we deserve to be good because we are Texas and we had been good in the past, I think has been really toxic. And I think that's creeped in on a lot of different levels, right? And I think what Sark's hardest task is, is to come in and be a part of wiping culture that has been here for 30 years clean and starting over and building a whole new culture. I think Sark is the guy to do that. I do. I think he's got the humility that we need, the pedigree back there, you know, but again, this is something that starts, donors have to be patient. Fans have to be patient. It's all a perpetuating cycle, right? It is hard to pull yourself out of a, a problematic culture. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of Texas fans deserve better, right? We've been here through thick and thin, um, but there's a lot of don't shitheads out to there lose too. Can- lose to Kansas at home. <laughs> well, I understand this whole entitlement. Maybe we do though. about it before. Entitlement is expecting national championships every year. Reasonable expectation is to not get your ass wiped by Baylor. I mean, Kansas at home. I get it. There's no excuse for Kansas. Frustrated. But- the product we've been given this year, I, I know the kids, a lot of the kids are still working hard. We still see some that are really giving good effort. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how the coaching staff has not picked the 11 that want to beat Kansas and put them on the field. Yeah. We talked offline of names who say they want out and have been vocal to other people that they want out. If we've heard it, then why are they on the field? Right. Build, right. They could be building. I would rather lose because we're building up future talent than lose because we're letting guys out there who don't want to be there play. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's part of the adjustment that we're talking, the coaching staff has to make. I can appreciate as the head coach, it is tough to take a guy out that's been around for a long time and is talented as fuck, right? It is tough to see that guy with the stats and, and the build and the football acumen. It's tough to say, you know what? You're out. It's tough to do that for one guy and put the younger, less experienced maybe not as good player in, right? We talk about putting players in the best position to win. I think that's what Sark has been trying to do, but I agree at this point, that shit ain't working. And (laughs) while we want to put our players in the best position to win, and logically you would think that'd be put the best player in, (laughs) that's not working out. If the mentality isn't there, I think at this point, we have to have that shift to say, fuck the talent. I mean, obviously, if you're on the University of Texas football team, you're talented. 
right? There's certainly different levels, but you're talented if you're on this team. Fuck the the stars, fuck the talent at this point, at this stage, and put the person in who wants to be there. I think that's a shift the staff has to make. It has to make. And and you know, we can we can analyze and look, but you know, that's just the bottom line to me for Texas and in the what our problems are hinging on. Now, again, there's a ton of other factors playing into it, but that is a fundamental issue right now with the University of Texas. Okay, I, I, I agree. It's just frustrating. I don't know what the fix is, but I know what my eyeballs tell me. We're not better week to week. We've been figured out for months now and we look worse than we did in September. And we have no choice but to trust this staff and because that's who we're going to ride with for a while and they deserve an opportunity. I just, I, I don't expect the culture, like I said, to be built in a year, but I do expect us to not be worse in week 10 than we were in week one. And not injuries. just, not just, we have massive injuries. Now where it's going to look even worse because of the horrible injuries <laughs> the team has suffered, you know, poor Bijan Robinson, poor Josh yeah. Thompson, you know, guys that have been playing hard and injuries. So it's going to be even more of a struggle. But you would think this this offensive guru genius could scheme out of some of it, some of it. Yeah, yeah. I I do wonder. I do wonder if this is a case of not 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 taking the CEO role as much as is necessary at a place like UT. Hell, head coaching. Period. You've got to be a CEO on this level. You can't you can't micromanage every single thing. We know he's offensively brilliant. We know that, but he's got to trust his staff to be on the same page as him and install his offense so that he can be aware of what's going on. You know, we were fortunate enough to have Roy Miller join us for a live chat um, the other day. Yeah, he was great. And shout out to Roy. Thank you so much for that. Um, And one of the things he mentioned was Mac Brown knew what was going on with every player on the team. He knew every single player, but he let his coaching staff coach, right? Mac was the guy that was, he understood the dynamic of the team. He understood what was going on with the team, but, and he wasn't as focused on the X and O's, X's and O's, you know, from his point of view, he let his coaches and his staff handle that. And that's something that, that Sark's got to figure out. I mean, that's really something the staff needs to step up and definitely do. You know, I, it, it feels like a low point for Texas football. I think we can all agree on that. I'm going to hold out and be that pain in the butt as frustrated as we all are. You know, we got to be patient and we got to give this staff time to How many more decades, to, Megan. Yeah. Right. Look, I'm not talking decades patient? for sure. I'm going to believe that Sark can get it fixed. I just don't see it now. Ba- okay. Based on what? Yet nothing based yeah. on us headed visually and statistically and emotionally in the wrong direction. I need to see when he makes this massive U-turn with the team into the right direction. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to hope he fixes it, but black and white on paper, we are headed in the wrong direction. And I hope he turns it quickly into the other direction. I do too. Look, I think the off season, off season is going to be really telling for us. So We'll stay, stay steady till then and, and see where the changes are. How soon our offseason happens is determined a lot by this weekend at West Virginia. And we'll Absolutely. get into that next. First, gridiron metal. I love it. I love it. Listen, y'all, we are just away 
from Christmas. Like there are very few days left for shopping. And we know you're going to be spending your weekends at Texas football and watching and either being happy or sad. We don't know, but you know what does make you happy? Only happy. And only happy from Gridiron Metal. They've got some really incredible grilling and smoking items. You've got grills that have the officially licensed UT logos, the proper burn orange. It is fantastic. And don't forget when you enter the code CANON12, that's C-A-N-N-O-N-1-2, you get 15% off and free shipping for any orders over $100. So check them out, y'all. That's gridironmetal.com. Make sure you let them know that Fire the Cannon sent you with that discount code C-A-N-N-O-N-12 for 15% off. Good job, Megan. Like (laughs) we said, how soon Texas hits the off season, which we know we're not in a championship game. So it will be within the next couple of weeks or we get 15 bowl practices and we're in a bowl game that will be decided this Saturday, at least by this Saturday for either West Virginia or Texas. Both teams are four and six. Both teams win or go home (laughs) after the, after the, well, after next week, but you know. So how are you feeling, Megan? We've been to West Virginia. I've had a blast, but I've heard the environment's changed since then. All right. Tell us, what is it going to be like? You have to make that. You're flying up and you get to I'm hang out. I'm flying this it. year. Yeah. Listen, I don't know that my heart can take another multiple, multiple hour drive based on how we're playing. That drive home gets gets to be brutal. But um, yeah, flying up there. Look, I really enjoy West Virginia. Um, 2013 was my first time up there when they joined the conference and had a blast. The, mm-hmm. the fans were fun. really welcoming. It was super fun. Yes, super fun. I will say every year since then, they have gotten progressively uh, angrier at Texas. You know, once they decided they wanted UT to be their rival. Well, they whooped this a few times. And a few times. Exciting, we, we whooped them a few exciting, times. Had some exciting wins at DKR. It was that back and forth where they would always win here and we would always win there. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's been fun, but I will say the last few times I've been to West Virginia, I've seen more horns down mm-hmm. shirts and flags and all that than I have West Virginia stuff. So this is another team that loves to hate Texas more than they love themselves. Right. So, you know, with that in mind, I think this is going to be a pretty hostile environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, as we're looking at these two teams and looking ahead, it's like that Spider-Man meme, right? Where they're all just pointing at each other because Texas and West Virginia, to me right now, are pretty much the exact same team. They showed some fight early. They had some solid wins early and then things just kind of fell apart. Now, West Virginia is on, I believe, year three with their head coach, Neil Brown. He, he joined in 2019 and I'm not convinced he's gotten a whole lot changed fundamentally on who West Virginia is as a team. But one thing I do know about West Virginia, no matter what, they always play us hard. They always play us hard. So if we show up, you know, if the ISU, the the Texas team that played ISU and the Texas team that played Kansas shows up, we're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some trouble up there. So I'd be lying if I told you I felt comfortable about Texas going up there. I think this is going to be a dogfight. I know that we need to look out to contain their quarterback. Um, they've got a guy that's, that's thrown for some yardage. And if our coverage gets blown, um, this, this game's going to get out of control early and often. So I think that's something to really look at. Um, and man, I, I, I'm getting real tired of saying this, but we got to tackle, we got to <laughs> stop these guys, you know, for the most part, our players are in position, but for the love of God, we can't seem to bring them down on that first contact. It shouldn't take five guys to get our players down, you know, our safety shouldn't be our leading tacklers game in and game out. There's some issues there to be sure. 
So okay. I'd like to see those two things as we go up in West Virginia. Rocky, what are you looking for? Well, like you mentioned, they've had Jarrett Dagey. I think this is his 15th year at West Virginia. I feel like all the big 12 quarterbacks, except for OUs who change every year, but every other school has like the same just old. For 50 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, you mentioned already he's thrown for 2,448 yards already this season. So I, that's some good numbers. He's consistent. He's played all, all season long. So they have a good, a couple of good ranked wins, but you know, they beat Iowa state and they beat Virginia tech early, but that turned out not to be a good win. (laughs) Five and five Virginia tech, you know, they're, they're field goal favorite at home. And that surprised me because I feel like the last few weeks, it's been free money to bet against Texas. Like I said, I would never bet my own money against Texas, but if somebody else wants to make a million dollars, bet against Texas against the spread because Texas doesn't ever cover the spread. Again, I I would have Texas not coming home with a W. I don't know where they're going to come up with fight this week, especially with the added injuries, the distractions. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'd be shocked if, if they came home with a competitive game. Yeah. Look, I know I'm usually the the positive one here and I'm usually the one cheerleading on the sidelines. Um, Listen, I'm going to be up there and I'm going to be loud and proud and I'm going to be screaming and and doing my thing, but, um, I got to agree. I, I, at this stage with the regression that we've had and where we're at mentally as a team is going to take a lot for us to come away from West Virginia with a win. So I think we're going to see another hard fought game. I think we're going to see, uh, you know, something akin to the Kansas game. I hope we see something like that and not the ISU game. Um, but you hope you see, the I hope we see a lot of changes. Game? Yeah. Look, no. I think it's going to be four turnovers. I, yeah. I just, I think our guys are, are, are the not in it to win it right Kansas. now. Well, okay. the second half of Kansas. Yeah. I mean, we, we started playing terrible football and then the second half was great. So it was a role reversal from what we've seen most of the season. And, and I think that's the frustrating thing, you know, when looking at this and trying to figure out what's going to happen, that's a really frustrating thing about this Texas team is they're incredibly inconsistent. One week we do, you know, our offense finally clicks and we're get going, we're making some plays and the defense just can't stop a fart from a paper bag. Right. You know, and then the next week, defense stands up and they're holding their own and they're doing what they need to do, but the offense is going three and out constantly. Right. So you know, one week we play fantastic in the first half and just lose our minds in the second, forget how to play football. And then we see last week against Kansas, we played a pretty shitty first half and actually woke up in the second half, but it wasn't enough. So as far as predicting what's going to happen, I think it's a shit. It's a crapshoot, right? We don't know what's going on. Um, but I think it's going to be a higher scoring game just because of lack of tackling, just because we can't get our guys, you know, we can't stop anybody right now. So yeah, I think it's a higher scoring game, but I, I'm, I'd be hard pressed to see Texas coming away with a win. I think it's somewhere in the 30 to 17 range, West Virginia. I don't, yeah, I, I actually thought last week that that was going to be Texas big chance to build their confidence, blow them out. And I said they would score 50 something points, but I didn't think they would also give up 57. <laughs> give up more. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I see this being a 42. Right. Yeah. I, I see this being like a 42, 45 game. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I, I think we're, I think they move, they're motivated. That stadium is going to be rocking. Um, so I, I think we see that. And I think we see our guys show those bouts 
of Texas fight, but I don't think we put together a consistent game. So yeah, I, I think Texas walks away not as the winner and not bowl eligible at 42 and 45. Yeah, I think with the cold and with Texas missing so much on offense, well, we're down to just a couple of wide receivers and we're down to one maybe iffy running one back. Out of four running backs, I don't know yeah. where we're going to get a lot of points, but I hope play well. God, I hope you play well. This is a lot about the mentality and leadership of this team and mental toughness yeah. will show up or it won't. And if anyone, and, and we I talked think- about, right, we talked about this earlier offline, but it's confusing that you have to win six games to get the 15 bowl practices, right? Because if anyone needs the extra bowl practices, <laughs> it's, t- it's teams that didn't make it to 500. So that's the, the terrible biggest, teams. biggest benefit to getting bowl eligible is always those 15 extra practices and damn Texas could use those to keep installing whatever this system is supposed to be. We have no identity right now, so I don't know what the system is supposed to be. Yeah. So West Virginia, they're favored. I see that, see that happening. See that being it. (laughs) All right. Well, on that sad trombone note, let's go ahead and jump into college football around the nation. You know, I think, I think the frustrating thing for me, I mean, obviously you never want to lose to Kansas, but man, it made OU losses and A&M losses. We couldn't even celebrate that. No, because we took the most embarrassing loss by far. We did, but you know, OU, A&M, college football is insane right now. Mm-hmm. OU and A&M both walk away with a loss uh, from last weekend. Baylor showing themselves to be the real deal. It sure seems like it. They uh, they took it to OU um, and definitely, um, I'm, I'm impressed with this Baylor team, especially from where they started. You know, we talked about, we thought they were kind of pretenders at the beginning of the season, but Dave Aranda's really got his guys going and cranking over there, so um, Baylor's definitely a team to look out for, for sure. Right. When we were looking at the games, like, what are we thinking about this weekend? What, what games to be watching Baylor at Kansas state. And I was like, something about me, something about that game says we need to watch out for this game. Baylor has been physical and aggressive and they're on a roll, but can they sustain that? So they're going to Kansas state. We know Kansas state is physical at home, tough to play. That crowd will be fired up to get a ranked team there in Manhattan. And when I looked at the spread, it's a pick em game. Some people have Baylor by one. Some people have Kansas state by one. So I was like, yep. crazy. That game is something to watch right there. So that one, and then, which is funny because we were talking earlier about, okay, Oklahoma State, they're, they're, if they went out, they're in Big 12 championship. Oklahoma's still in, Baylor's in, you know, like it, it could come down to ties or splits or who beat who on the road, which is why Dave Aranda went for that field goal at the end of the game against OU that, of course, Lincoln Riley, who will drop 70 on you without thinking if he can, cried about them getting going for the field goal <laughs> or whatever. But they need that. They might need the third tiebreaker. This is a this is an everybody eating everybody alive conference right now, except for Texas and tech. We're at the bottom, but they, that could, it could come down to that third tiebreaker and he would have had that field goal. And there you go. Thinking ahead, smart coach. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Very smart. So I do want to talk a little bit about Michigan state. Just real quick. I I know y'all get tired, but I got to find some joy in college football. Come on y'all. So my Sparties, my number seven Sparties are heading to the Ohio state university. Number four, Mm -hmm. Ohio State. Ohio State's a big favorite in this one. Yes. Very big favorite. So Rocky, you you pay attention to this stuff. You're you're into the betting lines and you pay attention to the teams. Why do you think there's such a big, big disparity between number seven, Michigan State, going to number four, 
Ohio State, 18.5 right now. Yeah, I'm, and that th- it's already moved to 19 now. It's moving fast. The money, I sometimes these money lines is just where fans, massive crazy fans throw their money, right? People just, oh, Ohio State's going to kick. And people, a lot of people don't even watch, they just bet. So that moves the line sometimes, but 19 seems so high. I don't know, especially because Michigan State can run the ball and control the clock. I, if I had to put money on that game, I would put Michigan State to cover, but not win on the road. That's a tough win. But 19 seems three touchdown favorites. No, no, I think that's too high. So I don't yeah. think Mich- I don't think Michigan State is going to lose by three touchdowns. Yeah, look, I I, I I have to agree with you. I, I think it's going to be tough again for Sparty to go into the horseshoe and, and come out with a win. Um, but agreed. I mean, the keys to that game, certainly they've got a Heisman contender yes. uh, in Kenneth Walker and feed him the ball early and often eat up the clock, dominate that game. I remember a few years ago, Michigan State, uh, when D'Antonio was head coach, <laughs> they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. And it was insane. It, it was a super low scoring game. And that was the key to it for Michigan State. Just eat up the clock. That's all they had to do. Keep mm-hmm. the ball away from Ohio State. Uh, and, and it came out well. So I agree. I think that's the key to the game for, for Michigan State. Um, you know, I will, of course, be cheering for, for my Spartans. But yeah, I agree. I, I think they definitely cover. I think this is a way closer game than what folks are calling for. But I, I don't see Michigan State coming out with a win. So um, I, I've got Ohio State by a touchdown, maybe you know, th- three points to a touchdown. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, 10 to 12, but not 19. Yeah. Right. Another exciting game that we looked at and we said, ooh, this th- there's some ranked games. But this one, number three, Oregon at 24, Utah. I'm calling the upset right now. Utah is physical. They have always strong on both lines. Yes, Oregon's went into Ohio State and won. But I don't know that they, I don't think they can do it again and go into Utah, another ranked team and win because they they went into Stanford and lost. So I'm picking Utah to win outright. Oregon's only favored by three. So it's going to be a close game, but Utah outright win. Put your money on it, but don't say I told you to. (laughs) I like it. I like it. You, you know, listen, your record's been pretty solid here, girl. So I, I've uh, been pretty good against the spread. I should go back and listen to my picks. I think I'm pretty up there. I think my yeah, pick's pretty good. You're All kicking right. my ass. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> it's and because you, one, keep one, picking, you keep picking Texas. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my bad. My bad, y'all. <laughs> Look, no, All right. So pick Texas. Yeah. A lot, lot of fun games to watch. You know, I'll definitely be up in West Virginia. Yes. We've got one more you want to keep an eye on, right? One more. Well, I just wanted on? to do a quick one line about the NFL because it, my Titans are the number one team in the AFC. We're now we've won six games already against teams that were in the playoffs last year. We are on a roll. We haven't lost a game in forever. And I'm knocking on wood. Cowboys, but whooped Atlanta, but kicked Falcons, Atlanta. Yeah. It was so good. And your Lions didn't lose hey. a game. My life, you know what, Rocky? That is another positive. Thank you for that. That I will take from this weekend. Neither one of my professional teams lost the Lions. I mean, they didn't win, but they didn't lose. One my Lions come in with a tie. One tied. That's amazing. (laughs) Texans on a bye week, and uh, my Lions will consider this a win for Detroit. That's that good old moral victory, right? (laughs) Tying a pretty decent Steelers team uh, at Pittsburgh, sixteen to sixteen. So. 
there it is. That, that, that is my college, <laughs> college opt- or football optimism in a nutshell. Uh, at well, least my pro teams didn't lose. That's pretty awesome. I'm happy for you, Megan. <laughs> I was replaying the Titan Saints game last night. You know, when I cuddle into bed, I want to replay the game because there's so much you miss when you're watching it live, you know. But one interesting thing was they said that the Titans in the first 10 weeks of the season had the toughest schedule in the NFL the toughest schedule in the NFL because we had to play the most teams with the highest winning records last year and most playoff teams and all this stuff. We went eight and two. Now this last, last seven games or whatever it is, we have the easiest schedule in the NFL because we've already played the hardest ones. The odds of going undefeated the rest of the year, nobody does that. But if we can finish the game, the season with 15 wins or 14 wins, that's, that's amazing. That's impressive. I'm hey, excited. Go I'm going to blame it. I'm going to blame it on your good luck charm. That, it is uh, the, little, the little shot glass that Richard brought me ever since he brought me home that little miniature Titans player shot glass. We're yeah. undefeated. All right. Well, so I'm going to go ahead and say, bring one home for the Longhorns. That's exactly it. Next time you're in Mexico, you better bring one back for the Longhorns because we I'll be there we Friday. We he said it. we should go straight to the market on Friday and go find the, I've seen them go find the Longhorn one so that we can start winning every game from now on. I like it. So, right. so this game is 100% on you, girl. You better, better do your part. Okay. I love it. I love or it. Or I'll be drinking margaritas and forget. I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. Well, quick program notes. We definitely want you to, don't forget to tune in to women's basketball. Oh women's yes. Basketball. basketball. And women's volleyball. Listen, Texas is a volleyball school, y'all. Texas is a basketball school, y'all. Women coming off a real big win against the reigning champion uh, in Stanford. Uh, yes. Solid, convincing win. It really looks like Vic Schaefer's got this team whipped into shape. And it's early in the season, but I'm excited to see what happens. And then again, of course, Chris Beard, that hype train. It, it so far, even though we've got a loss, I'm I'm still all on the Chris Beard hype train. Gonzaga, we lost to Gonzaga, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a bad loss, and that's the number one team. So I'm liking it. What are, What are your favorites, Rocky? You You in for basketball this year? Oh, I'm all in. So I'll be at a couple of games in the next couple of weeks and, you know, you know, going on the road, testing out your new roster, figuring out what you have. It's one thing to beat Houston Baptist at home by 50 points. It's another to go on the road to number one. They were competitive, 74, 86 loss. They were competitive, but it's so early in the season. Um, they get to go to a tournament where they're playing here in Austin for the next few weeks. And it'll be exciting. So if everybody can get there, get there, cheer them on, you might get to go dance on the at the floor with them after the game when they win <laughs> like you All said right. huge win for the women at stanford that was the brawl they were down seven with a few minutes left and came back and won by five that was good we had the we had it on the big screen on sunday with some friends and it was fun to watch so go good job ladies good job it was awesome it was awesome well and there are two volleyball games that are coming up this weekend so if you're not making the trip out to west virginia uh, definitely check up, check out Texas volleyball. K-State is coming to town uh, on Thursday at 7 p.m. and again Friday at Gregory Gym. So listen, the volleyball women have a chance to go 24 and one on the season, which is pretty daggum impressive. So Amazing. if you've never been to Gregory Gym, get your butt there. I'm telling you, it's one of the so best fun. atmospheres on campus. Period. Which is why they're doing that basketball game there in a couple of weeks, just for the students only. The old school. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that'll be really cool. The good, I love all it. the players just, I mean, all the students get to pack that, pack the Gregory Gym for volleyball and basketball. That's cool. Absolutely. It'll be fantastic. Well, 
through the thick and the thin, y'all, we always have our horns up. So for now, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. Yes, sir.